Welcome to Thunder Off Script, a podcast for lovers of freedom. It's Saturday, 19th February 2022. In today's episode, I want to discuss some extraordinary developments in the Canadian government's standoff with the Freedom Convoy. In particular, Prime Minister Trudeau's invocation of emergency powers. What does this mean for the future of Canadian freedom? And what does it mean for the growing freedom movement across the world? Let's begin by listening to a recent report on the unfolding police operation in Ottawa. Police are closing in on truckers as I speak and aim to clear the downtown area of Ottawa of truckers and protesters as soon as possible. Well before the sun came up, officers had been given their orders. By 8 a.m. they started getting ready to mount a massive police operation to clear downtown Ottawa of demonstrators and trucks. By 11 a.m. the police lines were clearly forming with units drawn from across the country. Tactical squads and armored vehicles behind them. It took 22 days to get to this point, and every step was measured and methodical. Police moved slowly towards Parliament Hill. At times, they interacted with demonstrators. Warning them to leave. You must leave. You will be arrested. As the first of dozens of arrests began, provincial police from Quebec, armed with tear gas, stood by. Drones circled above. Officers on rooftops kept a close eye. And mounted police emerged too. By noon, 15 arrests had been made and police kept inching forward. Despite some skirmishes during arrests, there was little violence at this point while police kept marching in to reclaim the core of the city. Prime Minister Trudeau has declared a national emergency and invoked the Emergency Act which essentially gives the Canadian government war powers and enables them to seize property and enlist services without due process. Canada's Deputy Prime Minister, Chrystia Freeland, has announced that those involved in the protest may have their bank accounts suspended and the truckers may have their vehicle insurance cancelled by federal order. Financial institutions may suspend an account suspected of supporting the truckers without a court order. Like me, you probably find this hard to believe. So have a listen for yourself. The federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. I want to be very clear. The scope of these measures will be time-limited, geographically targeted, as well as reasonable and proportionate. As of today, all crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use must register with FinTrack and they must report large and suspicious transactions to FinTrack. We are making these changes because we know that these platforms are being used to support illegal blockades 
and illegal activity, which is damaging the Canadian economy. The government will also bring forward legislation to provide these authorities to FinTrack on a permanent basis. Second, the government is issuing an order with immediate effect under the Emergencies Act, authorizing Canadian financial institutions to temporarily cease providing financial services where the institution suspects that an account is being used to further the illegal blockades and occupations. This order covers both personal and corporate accounts. Third, we are directing Canadian financial institutions to review their relationships with anyone involved in the illegal blockades and report to the RCMP or CSIS. As of today, a bank or other financial service provider will be able to immediately freeze or suspend an account without a court order. So what are we to make of all of this? First of all, I agree entirely with the executive director of the Canadian Civil Liberties Association that Trudeau's government has made no compelling case that the trucker blockade, which is remarkably peaceful by all accounts, cannot be handled within the existing legal framework. Invoking what amount to emergency war powers to handle a civil protest of this type is utterly disproportionate and sets down a very dangerous precedent in a free society. It's the sort of thing I'd expect from a North Korean or Venezuelan dictator, not a leader of a G7 nation. This is the assessment of the executive director of the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. This law allows government to make orders uh, for particular reasons and it and it allows them to it allows them to use the law to inv to invoke the emergencies act only in very specific situations for the life safety uh, life safety and health of Canadians when a provincial law is 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 overwhelmed and they don't have the capability or for the sovereignty territorial integrity and security of Canada again when there is no other Canadian law that can do it and it's very questionable whether that is in fact the case whether they have met that standard we think it has not been met by this disruptive protest. Protest rights are really important for people to stand up for themselves. They also are not unlimited, but none of that changes the fact that the government is now coming in with this massive emergency power, and we should not get used to the governments using emergency powers. You know, when they're saying anybody involved in the protest could have their financial assets frozen, anybody involved in the protest, uh, in the protests, uh, could, at, at, you know, whatever involved means, could have their information given over to the security services. So what does that mean for people who are involved in disruptive protest of all kinds? It is, it is very concerning, and we are speaking out. If the Canadian government now claims the right to freeze your bank account for attending a peaceful protest, this means that citizens would effectively endanger their property rights by engaging in a protest against their government. So the government can come after your property because you spoke out against it. And you could be stripped of your property rights without judicial oversight. How is this even remotely proportionate to a trucker blockade? 
you'd think we were dealing with violent terrorists or a paramilitary organization. Prime Minister Trudeau has decided to handle a trucker protest as if it were an act of war on his government. He has literally fled the scene and refused to engage peacefully with the truckers' demands. Instead of acting like a grown-up and listening to their complaints, Trudeau has engaged in adolescent tactics such as his attempt to demonize these freedom-loving truckers as Nazi sympathizers. He had the gall to accuse the Conservative Party in Canada of, quote, standing with people who wave swastikas. Let's have a listen. Conservative Party members can stand with people who wave swastikas. Mr. Speaker, I've never seen such shameful and dishonourable remarks coming from this Prime Minister. My great-grandfather flew over 30 missions over Nazi Germany. My great-great-uncle's body lies at the bottom of the English Channel. There are members of this Conservative caucus who are the descendants of victims of the Holocaust. For the Prime Minister to accuse any colleague in this House of standing with the swastika is shameful. I'm giving the Prime Minister an opportunity. I'm calling on him to unreservedly apologize for this shameful remark. Both Trudeau and Deputy Prime Minister Freeland have characterized the truckers' protest as an illegal blockade and a threat to the national economy. But let's consider what brought these truckers to take these desperate actions. The Canadian government essentially brought an end to the right to informed consent to medical treatment. Requiring truckers to accept an experimental vaccine in order to cross the US border. A vaccine that is demonstrably leaky and provides limited protection against emerging variants of the virus, such as Omicron. This is a direct attack on the livelihood of truckers and a direct attack on their civil liberties and bodily integrity. The peaceful disruption inflicted by protesters is a desperate attempt to bring the world's attention to the Canadian government's arbitrary attack on their basic liberties. You cannot treat citizens as terrorists because they engage in a peaceful blockade no matter how disruptive it might be. Constitutional democracies are not beehives in which citizens simply do whatever they're told. They are vibrant and free societies in which governments must answer to citizens for their actions. Sometimes, citizens engage in disruptive protests to draw the world's attention to issues in need of remedy. A government faced with non-violent protests should seek to engage with protesters and defuse the situation. They should not invoke war powers or send the police in as a first resort. What exactly does the Canadian government have to lose by engaging with the truckers' demands? The truckers are asking the Canadian government to have the freedom to move and to do their jobs without having to submit to a mandatory vaccination. What is so pressing about vaccinating the remaining, I don't know if it's 10% or 5% of the population that has not yet received a vaccine? Apart from the fact that the right to informed consent is a basic pillar 
of medical ethics and constitutional democracy, the actual impact of these vaccine measures is likely to be extremely marginal in a situation when we're actually leaving the pandemic behind. Omicron, as many experts acknowledge, is a strain of the virus that is, the, that is basically a kind of natural vaccine that is achieving a high level of population immunity with or without the vaccinations. At this stage, nearly the whole population is being infected with Omicron. So in a situation when the pandemic is essentially retreating, it makes even less sense to impose a vaccination requirement on anyone. As I said, there are independent ethical reasons for opposing any form of coerced vaccination. But even from the point of view of a ruthless utilitarian approach, there really is no basis for continuing with these vaccine mandates. So what would it cost the Canadian government to give in to the truckers' demands? The truckers are not asking for money. They're not asking for a salary raise. They're simply asking to have their medical privacy respected and to have their right to informed consent respected. Instead of giving in to these perfectly reasonable demands that would cost the government very little indeed, if anything, the Canadian government feels that it needs to send in the police and invoke emergency powers against these truckers who are simply defending their basic liberties. Here's what one trucker has to say in response to the threats to freeze his bank account. James Dool is one of those drivers. He's taking part in the protest and he joins me now. James, all right, how do you feel about having your bank account possibly frozen? Would, you make, would that make you leave the protest? Absolutely not. I'm not one bit intimidated by his uh, course of action that he pursued last night. Um, just another scare tactic on my beliefs. Just something to uh, get us scared, force us out of here as he's been trying to. Um, I really don't see it making any difference for most of us here. Um, what's at the heart of your protest? Is it the VAX mandate or is there something else involved here? Um, definitely vaccine mandates were something on the top of the list when we came into this. Um, it's definitely something greater than that. It's freedom of choice, freedom of rights. It's just everything that has been taken away from us over the past years. Definitely freedom being the top one. The fact is, the weakest regime is the regime that relies most heavily on police power and coercion to win over the citizenry to its policies. The more Trudeau and his government have recourse to power over dialogue, the more they lose their moral legitimacy and the more they energize the new movement for freedom, not only in Canada, but across the world. In the short term, Trudeau will probably manage to clear out the truckers and protesters but he will have alienated a massive number of citizens and will have lost all moral authority in the eyes of many onlookers, both nationally and internationally. 
I want to thank everyone involved in the Canadian Freedom Convoy for their courage. It does take guts to hold the line against a tyrant. And Prime Minister Trudeau is truly a tyrant. There is a lot at stake, as these truckers understand. When we normalise a condition of tyranny, in which emergency powers are wielded as weapons against peaceful citizens, we lay the foundations for a more enduring type of tyranny and for the end of liberal democracy as we know it. Now is the time to resist. Now is the time to take a stand. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year. The future of democracy and the future of our free way of life depend on the courage of those truckers and depend on your courage and my courage in standing up to bullies. Because these people, these governments, who use emergency powers to attack the rights of their own citizens are indeed bullies. And like bullies, they will continue and they will get worse until people stand up to them. They need to be put in their place, if necessary, prosecuted, certainly removed from office. I'm inspired by the actions of the Freedom Convoy. I understand that they're not perfect. I understand that there have been some issues, for example, with horns honking at night with residents getting upset about that. Um, As far as I understand, they took action. The truckers stopped honking at night uh, in order to accommodate those complaints. But overall, I believe their intentions are in the right place. Their heart is in the right place. And I believe that they are giving courageous witness to the values of constitutional democracy. I stand with the Freedom Convoy. And if I was over in Canada, I would be joining that protest. We can't allow people like Justin Trudeau to get away with this kind of nonsense. We must stand up to tyrants. We must hold them accountable. We must let them see that a free citizenry cannot be intimidated into surrendering their rights to a tyrant. Those of us who do not live in Canada should consider the political situation in our own countries and should consider whether we need a freedom convoy to stand up to the tyrants in our countries. Democracy is a precious achievement and a precarious achievement that we cannot take for granted. It depends on a division of labor in which we hand over very significant governmental functions to a ruling class. Even though there is some democratic accountability, voting on a periodic basis is not sufficient to keep this class accountable. Citizens must be vigilant at all times, and they must be willing to engage in peaceful protests, and if necessary, civil disobedience in defense of their civil liberties and in defense of the common good. There will be times when 
we are led by more or less sensible politicians who at least respect our basic liberties. Well, this is not one of those times. This is a time that calls for special vigilance and courage from all citizens, especially citizens who understand the value of freedom. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And don't forget to check out my freedom blog at davidthunder.substack.com. Thank you.